Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm Commander Shepard. And this is my favorite lore cast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast lore behind the Mass Effect games. Welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host Tom, or Robots, and I'm here with N7, the legend, the other, the other host. It's not, I'm not the only host. I always say this is your host, <laughs> and then people sometimes comment things like, oh, you're the host and he's the other guy, or whatever. I'm like, no, we're both hosts. It's so, semantics. It's I, semantics. I don't really mind. We both do this show, and that's the, like... <laughs> that's the bottom line right <laughs> we're both doing the show we're both so doing whatever. the show welcome back we're talking more today about miranda there's still more to dig into here about what happens with her before the games so we had an episode a few episodes ago where we dug into some of that stuff her backstory if you saw the thumbnail on the video we used one of the yes. images from the comic that included her butt because it's her backstory which i thought was hilarious um <laughs> it's the story on her back this, her butt story um but we but uh we're, we're going more into this today sam we left off a few weeks ago it, kind of in the middle of the conversation right and yeah absolutely yeah you said she's in the comics a lot so we've got more comic stuff to dig into my god she is in like eight comics so we've covered miranda's background through the earliest depictions in the lore meaning mass effect galaxy that you know very obscure mobile game and the first two foundation comics that she's in that's foundation five and six but if we're proceeding in sequence of the, of the greater storyline of mass effect then we really need to talk about mass effect redemption because that is what comes after where they were uh, where Jacob and Miranda were on that planet trying to find Shepard's body and then, you know, Miranda gets taken hostage and then the the whole thing goes to crap and then Jacob saves her and they're trying to get off. The next entry in the lore is Mass Effect Redemption. Now, we've talked about Mass Effect Redemption a few times. This has come up a few times. 
Um, but here, so what's the comic about? So long story short, this is the lead up to Mass Effect 2's Shadow Broker DLC. And it's also, it's telling the story of how Liara is trying to find Shepard's body during that time gap that happens within Mass Effect 2, right after Shepard dies, getting spaced from the Normandy and those two years while Shepard's dead. That's where this takes place. It doesn't, it doesn't take up all two years, uh, but it it takes place in that time frame. Mm -hmm. And if you remember when we last left off talking about Miranda, she and Jacob were also searching for Shepard's body. Right. Okay. So this their paths cross here? Is that what, what's going on? Yeah, Miranda and some Cerberus troops actually save Liara and Farron from a Blue Suns ambush uh, because Liara was meeting Farron as Farron was her informant. Uh, but it turns out that he also works for the Shadow Broker and he's kind of like this double agent. So it's not like they have a lot of trust in each other at this point. They just met. And then when he agrees to take Liara to see Shepard's body in a stasis pod, they get attacked. And then they're saved by a couple of soldiers in a pro-human supremacist group in Walks Miranda. Oh, okay. And so that's okay. how she's involved in this. And, and frankly, you know, if I were Liara and I were going to Omega trying to find my dead commander, uh, he, his body or, you know, maybe he's alive trying to find him because I had heard that, you know, someone is in possession of him dead or alive. And then I find out that my informant also works for the shadow broker and then we get attacked and then Miranda walks in from a pro-human like terrorist group yeah i would definitely be guarded right and miranda's demeanor doesn't do a ton to assuage those concerns right off the bat uh in in mass effect redemption because her facial expressions her body language and the verbiage that she uses all say one thing which is i'm in command here I'm in command here. We actually have a screenshot from the comic so you can, so people who are watching our video stream can see what I'm talking about here. Um, So she, you know, the top left of this panel, she says, relax, Drell, we're working toward the same goal. She's talking to Farron. And then she, of course, spells it out, finding Commander Shepard. And then Liara says, Shepard's dead. And Miranda says, that's, that's what they say. But Shepard's beaten the odds before. And just kind of, and I know that we might be digging too much into the art of the comics, which Mm -hmm. has been proven to be a little bit. It's a little, it's a little odd. It's a little, yeah. From panel to panel even. Yeah. It's not so much that the artists are bad. It's almost more like this was rushed. Yeah. And it it also kind of feels like the artists didn't work on the game. (laughs) <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, like yeah. they were not too familiar with the source material. Maybe they were told to get familiar with the source material. Or they were given some screenshots and they were like, okay, this is what the character looks like. Go with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but basically Miranda's like, I'm Miranda. <laughs> and doesn't even say her last name. I'm Miranda. <laughs> I represent someone who wants very much to meet you. Work with us and we might be able to bring Shepard back. And... Th- this feels like a very stereotypical comic book language mm-hmm. B it's also very kind of typical of Miranda. You know what I mean? That like I'm walking in like, like I fucking own the place and I'm in command here and you're going to do what I say. Right. Um, 
what do you what do you make of that tom because <laughs> this is a little different from how we were talking and how we saw miranda before in in the comics and whatnot i mean yeah like we go from like the previous episode where she's like femme fatale right she's like sly uh kind of sexy manipulative miranda and in this scene we get boss miranda right we get yeah i'm here this is what we're doing get out of my way that kind of thing so yes. I, I think she's capable of both. I don't think that this is like a, we're seeing a different person. We're just seeing two sides of the same person. Um, yeah, I agree. And, and maybe that's because Jacob softens her a little bit. It might Did be. Did you ever think about that? It might be. It, it also might be the whole like girl on girl competition thing. You know, mm. like women, they're also aliens. They're also they are also aliens. That's true. That's true. So maybe she has less respect for them that way as well. And you see this among like men competing with men or women competing with women. Sometimes they're a little bit softer when it comes to the other sex when they're having, you know, competition. Um, so it could be some of that, too. Uh, I also find it particularly funny that the galaxy is such a huge place. And yet these key characters just keep running into each other. Yeah, isn't that convenient? <laughs> it's so um, convenient, but that's just the way stories go. So, I mean, it yeah. makes sense because they're both pursuing Shepard's body. Um, but Miranda, yeah. at this point, to Liara, is like a brand new person, right? Like, she's right. never met Miranda before. Um, but I'm sure Miranda knows a little bit about Liara at this point. And can we bring that panel back up, the, yes. the, the first one? Yes, and, it, um, and to, to chat's question, Jen, Jen is asking in chat if uh, Liara's outfit is the same color as her skin or if her boobs are just out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's just the same color as her skin. Yeah, I think. it's There's a other slightly different it, blue. It's like yeah. slightly darker with some shine on it, which makes it look lighter, kind of like her skin. So Mir Miranda says, you know, we might be able to bring Shepard back if you work with us. And Liara goes, well, what is that supposed to mean? And Miranda says, just come with me and starts walking away with her Cerberus henchman at her side. And uh, and then Miranda says, as she's walking out. And you can even bring the drill. We're not being choosy today. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds very racist. It's a little right bitchy. There. Yeah. <laughs> little, like um, so the, the whole I'm in command of this situation attitude isn't always a bad thing, though. You know, we've been ragging on it a little bit, but no, I but mean, it stood out. confidence is generally a, a, a positive quality. It's only when you come up against it as an adversary that it feels bad. Or, or right. you're being like domineered by a leader who is in not compassionate to the people underneath them, right? But in general, a confident attitude is actually a, a positive quality. Yeah, um, not Liara probably doesn't feel that way because she's just meeting this person who's basically telling her to fall in line, and is um, kind of racist in the way she does it. Yes, because she's refusing to use Farron's name, but we'll get into that a little in a little bit. The basically, this we're not picky. this this yeah. whole I'm in command thing. Mm -hmm. I, it stood out to me because Mass Effect Galaxy. Granted, I don't know how much gravity we should take that with pun intended, um, but Mass Effect Galaxy, that that obscure mobile game, mm -hmm. she is just like the stereotypical supporting uh, hot sci-fi girl trope. Um, Mass Effect Foundation 5 and 6, she seems much more at ease. This is definitely much more of the Miranda that we know in Foundation 5 and 6 while she's talking with Jacob. I wouldn't say she's friendly, but she's certainly more personable and right. less on edge. Yeah, there's always that. She always has that, to me, she always has that kind of icy quality underneath 
what she's saying and what yeah. she's doing. Everything always feels a little calculated, even when she's being friendly. Yeah. And, and you know what? That as well as the her being on edge in, in this particular comic and Mass Effect Redemption, that could be because at this moment, she's under extreme pressure from the elusive man to find Shepard's body. She's been working on it for a little while, even with Jacob, and came up empty. And now, if I feel, I feel like I know the elusive man's character well enough to know that he's probably laying on the heat. And she was just held captive and tortured on a separate planet in addition to all that. So, she's getting workplace stress. She was just like captured tortured almost killed you know Not it a has good been a rough couple months <laughs> yeah yeah i can imagine that that's going to have an effect on your personality for sure right and so you know to to sympathize and, and be sympathetic with miranda as we've tried to be with each and every of the characters we've been covering i would not be in a very chipper mood as well um but maybe part of that is also you know the racism that we talked about Mm-hmm. She's now talking with aliens. Before it was Jacob, it was a human, right? Right. And right. and she's very direct with Liara, and she's pretty mean to Farron. Um, they take Liara and Farron to a waiting room to speak to the elusive man. And then Miranda beckons Liara, saying, our leader will see you now, <laughs> and motioning her to come forward, right? Nice, nice. Um, Farron replies, oh, no thanks, I'll stay. To which Miranda says, that's good because I didn't ask. Yeah, fine. I didn't want you anyway. Hmm. You're right. Like, this is the only time that Miranda speaks directly to Farron in Mass Effect Redemption. Mm-hmm. She also never uses Farron's name the entire comic. She does it even when he's standing right in front of her. She's only ever referred to him as the Drell. As in, quote, the Drell may actually be right quote you and the drill and quote i don't know ask the drill right right he's a thing not a person exactly and that kind of referring to someone as their descriptor as a thing it has very strong racist roots in the united states absolutely Uh, oh yeah Uh, yes (laughs) yeah yeah um just i'm not going to go into it but replace drill with a different noun and so Uh, I think that is exactly what the writers intended when they were writing Miranda's character like this. And you have to uh, remember that this is much before Mass Effect 3 where Miranda breaks ties with Cerberus. No, she's all in at this point. She's all in with Cerberus. And Miranda, you brought it up a little bit earlier, her having this icy quality underneath. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like Miranda would fit in with the cast of Mean Girls? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If we were to put her in like a modern, you know, current type movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's one of the mean girls. Absolutely. She would be the leader of the mean girls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a 30 percent chance that humanity is already under threat. Um, <laughs> so they... No, she wouldn't be the dumb one. <laughs> she would be. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference that some people are not going to get, but that's okay. Um, I also think that it could be indicative of her xenophobic views while being fully invested in Cerberus. This, her being icy to Liara and Miranda. You know, she later in the comic tells Liara and Farron, put your bumpy heads together. I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll come up with something before promptly driving away. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, let me just drop this pretty offensive comment 
and yeah. <laughs> zoom off. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is earlier in her timeline, so she's probably spent less time getting to know any alien races as actual people and spending time with them. We've tra- t- talked about this before, how uh, you come from a place where everybody's got the same background and then you go to a place where everyone comes from different places and then you start to realize that you have more in common with other people than you think then you actually have anything different right um right it, it breaks down those preconceptions you have about other people and sam, sam crow here in the chat says i don't think miranda is racist i just think she's a bitch I think that those two are not mutually exclusive, first of all. But second of all, I was more in line with your perception before I started reading Mass Effect Redemption. And then I started noticing how different it was, how within the comics, not just Redemption, but Foundation too, how different it was the way that Miranda addressed aliens, whatever alien character it was, versus the way she spoke with humans. Right. And if this were real life and the only difference was like, you know, how someone was talking to a white person versus how they were talking to a person of color, we would call it racism. Right. Also, you look at you go back to the other comic and she doesn't just call Jacob like muscle guy. Right. She uses his name. (laughs) Right. Like, all right. All right. Muscle guy. Get over here. We got to go do a thing. You know, like she actually calls him Jacob. She uses Liara's name, too, but I think part of that could also be because Liara's from a race of established power and prominence in the galaxy, Mm -hmm. you know? And she respects that, and the Drell aren't. And the Drell aren't. They're a refugee race. They also look more animal-ish than some of the other races. Than the Asari, specifically, but even some of the other races. Like, they've got that, like, scaly skin and, like... Yeah. And and Sam Crow asks a valid question in chat. Who's worse, meaning racism, I, I suppose you mean uh, Ashley or Miranda? I think, honestly, that it, the, the, the difference at this point, and this is precluding the end of Miranda and Ashley's character development, but the difference at this point is Miranda, I believe, truly believes in the cause of Cerberus, the cause being that humanity is supreme to everything to right. everything and everyone else right she's fully bought into the ideology at this point but even in mass effect one ashley takes a strong stand against the terra firma party which is the uh, isolationist human supremacist political party in the alliance and ashley distances herself from that party and like hates with a fiery passion cerberus mm-hmm. even back then mm-hmm. so i think that there is a strong difference but I do think that Ashley still makes like xenophobic comments. So um, that's beside the point. So let's get back to Liara and Miranda's interactions. Liara speaks with the elusive man eventually. Mm-hmm. And we're going to spare details here for scenes on how exactly this happens uh, and, and specifically scenes where Miranda is not present because we'll, we'll cover this comic in its entirety at a later time. But the gist is the elusive man convinces Liara in the interest of Shepard to conduct wet work for him and Cerberus and finding out what the ties are between the collectors, why they're working together with the shadow broker, and more importantly, to stop the collectors from obtaining Shepard's remains. So the end goal wasn't necessarily like we can revive Shepard. That wasn't always the end goal. The end goal was to, to like at the very bare minimum, stop the collectors from obtaining Shepard's remains because we don't know what they want with them, but they clearly want it bad. Right, right. Interesting. So like she's going to be running interference for him. In Basically. Yeah. Yep. 
And so this is important. Um, and Miranda later briefs Liara after that meeting between Liara and the Lusa man. Miranda briefs her on why they believe Shepard is still on Omega, citing the earlier attack from the Blue Suns, where the Blue Suns mercs had ambushed Farron and Liara. Miranda is still at this point frosty with Liara, talking to her strictly in terms of business, of finding Shepard. Um, and she, she, you know, here's a perfect quote that explains it. She says to Liara, find the body, bring it here. We'll pay your expenses. Mm-hmm. And we have another uh, screenshot of that panel that I'm referencing right now. Yeah. Here you go. It's, it's up. Yep. Find the body, bring it here. We'll pay your expenses. <laughs> Liara's like, I don't even know Omega. I'm not even sure where to start looking. And then Miranda, you know, very very smooth and slyly while closing the door of her hover car says like the boss said liara ask the drill put your bumpy heads together and i'm sure you'll come up with something get a little bumpy heads it's very dismissive um Mm -hmm. especially for agents that they really need to 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 succeed in their job but um she's I think it also speaks volumes of how confident miranda is in cerberus's abilities well, yeah, she says in yeah. that. Yeah, go ahead. She Sorry, says in that same conversation, if the body had left Omega, I would know they have not made the final handoff to the shadow brokers agent. So she's she is like very confident that Cerberus didn't drop the ball on anything, that there was no gap in Cerberus's intelligence. Right. We see this in a lot of I mean, this is another real world thing. People who think they're better than other people, groups who think they're better than other groups often are quick to overly, uh, I don't know what the best, they overestimate, have, they, they overestimate, they have higher expectations of their own abilities than are actually possible. Like this happens a lot. It's kind of the, it's hubris is what it is. Mm. There's a word for that. Yes. And that's basically what we're seeing here is like, well, our, our organization's so awesome that we would have known all this stuff. Right. And I think that there is that that hubris in Cerberus. But I also think that Cerberus is not nearly to the same uh, ignorant extent that like the Batarian hegemony would be in terms of like, I don't think the elusive man is kicking out everyone who's not a yes man because no. I think he's smarter than that. Right. No, no, no. I don't I don't think they're at that extreme. Um, but but he's not. I mean, he, he will do other things in order to get people to do what he wants fall in line absolutely but yeah i don't he's not as vicious as that no he has an ego but he's not dumb right um right so this you know if the if the body had left omega i would know they haven't made the final handoff to the shadow brokers agent that sounds like classic miranda to me and much more similar to the character we get to know through mass effect 2 and 3 although foundation number five and six comics have you know a similar vibe from her as well okay so um, in the foundation ones, I remember she said, uh, saving trafficked people as an unnecessary risk. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, and she told Jacob that helping the orphan was not part of the mission. There was that whole yeah. scene where like they could, she could have done something good. And then she's like, nope, this is going to get us off the track of what we need to be doing. Stick to the plan. Yeah, exactly. And, and then there at the end, after Jacob saves her life, Jacob is then like, no, we need to save these people who are being human trafficked uh, by this gang that we just kind of took out. Like, we need to save them. And Miranda described it as an unnecessary risk. 
And this this kind of heartless demeanor is why I had a hard time coming around and being open to liking Miranda come Mass Effect 3 on my first playthrough. But that's neither, that's neither here nor there. I, I think Miranda at this point believes so heartily in what Cerberus is doing that she's voluntarily and involuntarily absorbing some of what, you know, what, what, what we call in this world as corporate culture. Yeah, right. And right. it's hard to say at this point in the lore what she would have been like without that influence. Right. All right. Well, here we are in the middle of the show. We're going to we're going to take a quick mid break, but we've got some more stuff to discuss. So don't go anywhere. We got to go thank our patrons. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign and this Lorecast is mine. I like the sound of that. 
All right, we've got some new patrons to welcome. Welcome to Max T, Warper, and Sarah B. Thank you for joining the Patreon, and thank you to all 64 of our current patrons, including our Shepherd tier patrons, Kokushins, Ed Boy, Kira C, Lieutenant Susino, that's Specter J, and William. Thank you for your support, all of you. We couldn't do the show without you. And uh, Sam and I were discussing this earlier. We're we're constantly surprised by the sheer volume of support and the number of people who tune into the show, especially because it's been so long since we've gotten a new Mass Effect game. We had Legendary Edition come out not too long ago, but it's still going to be a while till the next Mass Effect game. And and the fact that all of you are here supporting the show and, and fans of the series still is awesome. So thank you for being here. And uh, we have a new review. We've got a new review that came in. Oh, by the way, patreon.com slash Mass Effect Lorecast if you want to go check out that stuff, like ad-free episodes and, and t-shirts and joining us on the end of the month chats and all that. All right, new new review. This comes in from Great Britain. This is J-A-Y-Y-R-S 27, who writes, amazing podcast. I've been listening to this show since it first started. I have loved every minute of it. I'm always waiting for the next episode to come out. I never knew Mass Effect had such a following. I thought it was just me. <laughs> Just one person. Uh, The knowledge and work you guys put in is fantastic. Massive thumbs up from the UK. Thank you so much, Jayers. I don't. How do you say that word, Sam? I don't know. J a y y r s. I'm. I. I, My guess is as good as yours. Okay. All right. Um, Should I read the four star one? The one I sent you earlier. Because I'm confused. I kind of just want some. It's a positive review. I just want some clarity on what the uh, the the thing is yeah okay sure. so we normally don't write out anything but the five-star reviews this one came in this one's very positive krogan consort great name from finland writes must listen for mass effect fans and lore enjoyers um i'm a few episodes in some incredibly interesting discussions which are of course the reason i listen to the show some episodes have also had this rather dry tech talk and Sam and I are very confused about that. We're not sure what that means. So if anybody can elucidate what that is, because if that's a negative thing, we'll try to fix that. But uh, rather dry tech talk that I'm not into and during which I tend to zone out. I prefer podcasts to stay in topic and not go to these long detours. If anything, we've got these like goofy, like funny detours, um, but not dry tech talk. So that's why we're not sure exactly what this means. Uh, anyway, this is overall one of the most interesting podcasts I've listened to, and I really enjoy the way it combines Mass Effect lore that in itself is absolutely fascinating and sociological and historical insights. So they like most of what we discuss, just not the dry tech talk. So I'm not sure exactly what that is. Maybe when we were talking about like spaceships or the way lasers work I'm, or something, I don't remember. I'm guessing something's getting lost in translation here, and what they're referencing is when we're talking shop. So maybe like how you doing, what's going on now, how's your life? Yeah. And and plans for the lore cast and whatnot. And, and, you know, our streams that we're doing at the end. And I think that's, and, and ironically what we're doing right now is probably what (laughs) what this person is referencing. So, yeah, but Hey, you know, it's, I think it's part of it. It's part of the fun of being involved in two people making a product and we're not a corporate, you know, cold heartless product where real people doing a real thing so that's part of yeah this isn't focus group tested right right and we're real people but anyway thank you thank you to everybody for taking the time to review the show if you would like to leave an a review on apple Podcasts, five star reviews will be read out in the future you can also leave a review on spotify or a rating on spotify and and you can leave little comments on the newest episodes so we've had a few of those come in and and they're up there on spotify now if you want to go look at them so thank you to everyone for the support and it's time to get on with the rest of the show 
Spit it out, or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. So back to Miranda. We're getting this picture of her in these comics of somebody who is clearly very dedicated, likes to take control of the situation. None of that stuff is surprising. Uh, it's clearly interested in being part of Cerberus's cause. She's really fully bought in at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, despite her xenophobia and harsh treatment of Liara and Farron, I found it interesting to see more of her interactions directly with the elusive man himself in Redemption. Excuse me. Here's one mm. uh, where the elusive man tells Miranda to stand down because she's the one being too trigger happy. So we have a panel here from the comic of this conversation between the elusive man and Miranda, which we got to see at the beginning of Mass Effect 1 their interactions directly with each other without other people around, but we didn't get to see a lot of that. Um, so, for context, this comes as a Salarian shadow broker agent is apparently escaping Omega flying away with Shepard's body. And honestly, I can't tell if Miranda's argument here with the elusive man to shoot down the ship, then pivoting to plead, let me follow them. <clears throat> I can't tell if this is Miranda's competitive nature coming out or merely wanting to prove to her boss that she's the most dedicated. Here's, here's what she says. But I can stop him, just give the word and we can take him. And the elusive man says, the word is wait, Miranda. As much as we want Shepard's body back, we need to know why the collectors want the body more. And she says, understood, but I still wish you would let me follow him. Uh, and then she says, wait, something's following Taz. This is the Shadow Broker agent. Something's following Taz. The Drell's ship. Farron and Liara, if he hasn't ditched her, at least let me follow them. I'll keep my distance. And then the elusive man says, Patience, Miranda. We know why they're going. Let it play we know, out for we know now. Where they're Besides, going. We know where they're yeah, going. Oh, we know right. where they're going. Yeah. Right. Um, let it play out for now. Besides, and then this next panel is really interesting, but let's get to it after... In a little bit. <laughs> In a little because bit. Because I want to talk about Miranda's push here. I can't tell if it's a competitive nature or wanting to prove that she's just loyal. Though I'm leaning toward the former, that she's just competitive, knowing what we know about her father, her fractured home life. I can see why she would enjoy being part of something larger. Yeah, um, I, I get the sense that she's just, she, she, this is just who she is. Yeah, that she's a team player, if that makes sense. Right. And she, she doesn't want she to fail. She wants to show that she can she can do this. She wants to get out there and and, and, and is willing to jump the gun a little bit. And the elusive yeah. man's going, wait, hold on. There's more to this than just getting the body back. Yeah. And it's not just this this exact scene. There's other scenes that this reminds me of her going away above and beyond and out of her way. To try and, you know, further the mission, further the cause for Cerberus. In fact, we have a clip here. Here's what she has to say about Cerberus and its cause later at the beginning of Mass Effect 2. I assume that Cerberus approves of your enhanced abilities? Of course. Cerberus fully endorses anything that advances the cause of humanity. Genetic alterations included. But unlike my father and his own selfish reasons, Cerberus and the elusive man believe in a greater good. They see the bigger picture, and I feel like I have a purpose here. Talk about yourself like you're just a tool to be used by your father, by Cerberus. Maybe. 
I like to know where I fit in the world. It helps me find meaning in how I was created. You are who you are, Miranda. You don't need to make excuses for it. That's easy for you to say. We've both been engineered for greatness, Shepard. The difference is, you were great before we rebuilt you. I'm great because of it. Your spirit and personality are what make you great. It's what makes anyone great. That's kind of you. I'm not sure I believe you, but thanks for saying it. So, uh, yeah, um, this is an interesting scene because it really does show her perspective on why they're similar yet different. Yeah, she lowers her guard here a little bit and she's vulnerable and introspective. Um, and I think it confirms what we already suspected, which was that, you know, because of her father, because of her fractured home life, because of all of these different aspects that she was created to be perfect, she is looking for a purpose to put that effort toward, to yeah. prove herself. Right. Um, because she's been constantly told that you need to prove yourself. You know, we invested in your genetics to make you perfect. We being her father. You exist for um, a reason. <clears throat> live up exactly to it. yeah and i can't imagine I, I just can't imagine the level of pressure that comes with that um yeah and so now with her father out of the picture the elusive man is her boss and uh i think that she's trying to prove you know i there is a reason why people consider me to be genetically perfect and i want to throw all of my abilities and effort <clears throat> behind this cause this part of being part of something larger and i want to do it where i'm appreciated yeah and yeah i still feel like miranda is opening herself up to being um taken advantage of here mm -hmm. okay because i don't think for all of her gifts for all of her confidence i don't think she has this high self-worth yeah now we've talked about this before this is a, this is a thing that gifted children suffer as they they move through life as children they're told they're so capable they're able to accomplish anything they're so smart whatever and then they're constantly behind the eight ball trying to live up to these expectations for the rest of their lives and i see a lot of that in miranda she's the same kind of thing she wasn't genetically gifted or have a high intelligence or something like that so much as she was engineered to be superior and right. because of that, she has to live up to it, because if she doesn't, then what is her value? Her whole life and has been defined around that. Yeah. Everything short of perfection is total failure. Right. Right. So you have to be perfect all the time. You have to succeed. You have to do better than other people because you've been designed to be better than other people. Um, and gifted children go through the same thing. And they often get into their 20s and 30s and then feel like failures because they're not setting the world on fire with brand new brilliant ideas and and becoming, you know, millionaires or whatever. They're by that point in their lives, they're they're just regular people. They just advanced a little bit faster than their peers when they were children. And it's it's it, it, I'm seeing exactly the same thing in Miranda here. Um, this and, is and psychologically to tie in tie in the whole father and then moving that onto your boss thing. This happens with people as well. People who fulfill father or motherly roles later on in life, you often treat like they have the same expectations that your parents did. Yeah. And, you know, and in terms of workplace culture, this whole um, I notice this person is more proficient and therefore I'm going to hold them to a to a higher standard. Sometimes that can be fair. If taken to the extreme, though, in a workplace environment, 
it is what I call whipping the lead horse. If you whip that lead horse enough, mm-hmm. they're going to leave and you're going to be fucked. Oh, yeah. And you better Absolutely. not. Absolutely. Yes. But it happens yes. in so many work environments, especially when that most proficient person doesn't have a high self-worth and employers know they can take advantage of that. Right. And I think the elusive man is one of those employers. I think yeah. he, he I think he knew that he could take advantage of Miranda because they were very clearly not on the same level of trust with each other. And I say that because of what happens in the next panel, uh, along with other things, but this is just an example. So the in the, in the next panel, if you can bring that up, um, the, the second one again, because there's a the, lead into it. The second panel or the fourth panel? The, so the, I'm sorry, the third one. Scene three. Um, so there's a Got lead it. into what he says in the very next panel. And he says, patience, Miranda, we know <clears throat> where they're going. Let it play out for now. Besides, I have other assets involved that you're not aware of. Yeah. And this is kind of a strong statement here from the elusive man to Miranda as it pertains to how much control Miranda actually has. He is putting her in her hierarchical place. To me, I take this to mean don't think just because of your position that you know everything about me. Right. Right. And if my boss told me that I would tread very lightly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, from the boss's perspective, you often know more. You see big, see more of the big picture than the individual people underneath you because they only yes. know what they need to know. And but this is this is also proving that the elusive man isn't just controlling the strategy of the operations. He's intimately involved in the tactics themselves yes. because he has other assets involved that even Miranda, one of his top agents, is not aware of. Right. I, mean, I would totally expect that. I mean, the elusive man yeah. seems like a micromanager. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we've talked about that before. I think he does seem like a micromanager, um, but it's also an intelligence gathering operation. And there's a reason he's at the top of this organization. You right. know, there's a reason why he started it because he already had those connections. So it's <clears throat> the organization as a whole is an outgrowth of him and his personality. Yes, it, it the, he is the organization. And eventually yeah, he is the organization could take on, uh, you know, a growth in another direction. But it, it is it is a bigger version of just him is really what's going one on. One of one of those assets that he's talking about. I have other assets involved that you're not aware of, Miranda. <clears throat> one of those assets, a secret I'm guessing he hid from Miranda is Farron. Farron admits to Liara that Miranda tried to recruit him a few times, thinking he would defect from the shadow broker just as a matter of going with a higher bidder. But he always declined. Miranda's attempts to bribe his loyalty failed. And instead, when he needed the help, he eventually went around Miranda and coordinated directly with the elusive man. So given what we know about Miranda's I'm in control attitude, Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine that she takes any sort of kindly to that to be kept in the dark about things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she doesn't like it. So, okay. so Miranda puts Liara and Farron up to infiltrating the shadow brokers operations to find the body the body is hauled off omega but then the brokers agents escape that's yeah so that that brings us up to speed with what's going on in the comic but liara and farron chase after the brokers agent taz and long story short 
<clears throat> they find the body, but one of the broker's best agents is guarding the ship, and Farron runs a decoy operation while Liara board, runs aboard the ship while no one else is aboard it, and then steals it with Shepard's body and leaving Farron behind. Okay. And Farron is getting his ass beat. <laughs> he's getting, like, the, the, the snot kicked out of him. But he's looking back at the ship as Liara escapes with it with a smile. And so this is the lead into the Shadow Broker DLC in which Liara feels such guilt and says, we need to go back and get Farron. Um, and I need to take out this Shadow Broker once and for all. But this is important to Miranda's character development because Liara meets back up with her at a, quote, secret facility run by Cerberus, which is almost certainly the Lazarus Station. Uh, where Shepard would later be revived. Okay. And so we have a panel here uh, that we're going to bring up on screen again uh, from the comic. <clears throat> and it's Liara and Miranda standing at Lazarus Station uh, watching doctors and scientists try to uh, piece together Shepard's remains. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm surprised here. <clears throat> Because while Liara is clearly upset by having to leave Farron behind, I was surprised to see Miranda actively consoling her. Miranda saying, you did well, Liara. We, weren't, we were right to put our faith in you. Shepard obviously made some very good friends. I just wish I had better news for you. We may not be able to uh, restore Shepard after all. The body is in worse shape than we had expected. There were some preservation systems in the pod, but they were hardly optimal. And this is not the news that Liara wanted to hear. I think regard, despite the fact Liara didn't publicly and, and, and out loud admit it, um, she wanted Shepard to, to be able to be revived. But she also takes a moral stance against it. So Liara went through hell and back to get Shepard's body, but it was never about reviving them to her. At least that's what she says publicly. It was about honoring their memory by keeping Shepard's remains out of the wrong hands. And she even says, let the dead rest. That's Liara saying that. So Mm -hmm. interestingly, Miranda is the one pushing Liara to consider Shepard's revival, despite it being very unlikely. Miranda is the one pushing Liara to accept this. Liara is arguing, let the dead rest. Yeah. I mean, that, that... That seems to track. I feel like that makes sense. Um, okay, so what about Farron? Does Cerberus care that he got captured? I mean, he was working for them, right? Yeah, he was working for them. He was a triple agent, right? Uh, um, but as a phrase we've heard so often from Miranda and Cerberus, uh, his being captured, his fate, a necessary risk. It seems Miranda prematurely accepts Farron's fate after he was captured, saying he knew the risks when he offered to help. We will not be going after him. And Miranda goes one step further as to say, you can go get him if you want, Liara, but if I were you, I'd consider him dead. It's, it's, it's kind of odd, though, because she couches it as, quote, do something you would want to do, Liara. Mm. And I'm reading into this phrase, so I'm going to go, I'm going to put my, you know, uh, overly analytical cap on, um, given that it is the last line in the Redemption comic. I'd say that this tells us a lot about Miranda's own personality. Remember how we discussed her feeling trapped or maybe encouraged uh, to put her efforts behind a, a greater cause, but trapped because of her need to belong to that cause? Yeah. 
What if she's telling that to Liara because Miranda is always on orders, always sacrificing and just trying to, quote, win for the Cerberus cause? So I think it's odd but fitting that we could think of Liara as this very good, dedicated and loyal soldier to a to a given cause. We typically don't give people that kind of credit if they picked the wrong side, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. But as we'll talk about in a later episode, Miranda comes to see the light about Cerberus anyway. But but that whole do something you would want to do. That speaks to me in terms of Miranda's character, because I feel like she's saying do something you would want to do because I can't. Right, right. Live the life that you that I wish I could. Yeah, between Cerberus, between the expectations of perfection that have been placed on Miranda and all these other different factors, Miranda kind of is trapped. Yeah. And I feel like her telling Liara that do something you would want to do is is really a, a veiled cry for help. Right. Right. No, I think you're right. That that absolutely tracks. So, uh, yeah, like what, like I said, we'll talk later about Miranda's break with Cerberus and how that comes in Mass Effect 3. Mm -hmm. But we're at the end of this episode. That was just the redemption comic, which is 93 pages. That's why it's so much to get through. Yeah, that's a big Um, one. That's a big one. There are still four more foundation comics that that Miranda's involved in. Yeah. And you know what? I don't think we got a Miranda butt shot on this one. You know, actually, now I'm curious. I don't think <laughs> that there was one. Uh, I don't remember a Miranda butt shot. Yeah, not in this one. In I'm going to go. Mass- I'm going back through the panels. Not in this one. Not in this one. Uh, let's see. Back to the number two. Uh, it's her from behind, but it's not really a butt shot. They're just walking somewhere. Um, and then it's kind of you know what that's a that's, a that's a qualified butt shot. You could I guess you could yeah you could have framed that from the other direction. It's just not a high def one. Yeah. I mean, Liara's butt looks better in this one. <laughs> but anyway. Well, there you go. A double butt shot. Double butt. Double Big butt surprise. shot. Maybe I need to use that in the uh, thumbnail again. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope people don't see that as like, man, Tom's really into their butts. No, it's a joke because of how gratuitous the amount of butt shots are in the game and how they've designed yeah. some of the characters to be very specifically you know, for the male games right. or whatever. And so we're right. critiquing we, that. We're making fun of we, that. We, we love this game, but we're also not paid by Bioware, so I'm not <laughs> right. going to hold criticisms and and you know right. not hold them accountable for things that I see are a little bit over the top. Right? And there's very few people in the games that aren't like in peak physical condition. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. they are soldiers, so that's understandable. Liara is that. Not, I mean, she was an archaeologist, but right? But even even not necessarily among the you know like the main characters, like other characters you come across, you know, people who you know, have you know, civilian lives. It's like everybody, everybody's walking around in skin tight outfits in the future and have awesome, you know, abs and perfectly defined jaw lines. Right. And, you know, definitely a C cup or larger boobs. It's like everybody doesn't look like that. Everybody, lots of bodies are very different shapes. Come on. But it's a video game. So, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, Um. (laughs) well, this was fun. Uh, We got a little bit more into, you know, the backstory. And uh, what are we going to do next? What's coming up? So, like I said, there are more comics. So we're, there's we're more going Miranda. even more Miranda next. We're just continuing there's, down the path. Th- there's more Miranda and that this is more Miranda that comes even before the games. And interestingly, we're going to get into how she knows Agent Brooks, a.k.a. Rasa, 
Okay. Who we meet in the Citadel DLC of Mass Effect Three. So more so, more people just running into each other in these situations. Yes. Um, <laughs> there's so much. This is this is Bioware. Basically, this is Bioware's intent to tie in the Citadel DLC with the original trilogy after the fact. That's when right. these comics came out. So, right. Right. Um, but we're gonna have to get into that before we even start talking about Miranda in the games, and. Uh, that way we can have like this good basis of knowledge of what we are walking into when we start Mass Effect 3. Gotcha. And so that'll be probably another episode. And then after that, we can have a brief episode about Miranda during the games. I actually know a guy who is a modder in the Mass Effect community, and he's a huge Miranda fan. He actually made a very successful uh, Miranda balancing mod. Uh, for Mass Effect and I asked him you know just uh, very casually you know weeks ago hey would you be interested in coming on to the show and and kind of being an advocate for Miranda Uh, and he said yes absolutely so I'm gonna have to reach back out to him uh, and say what do you what do you think about this week can we do it and and I think it'll be really great to have someone on that that cares and, and loves Miranda's character that much awesome yeah that would be cruel cool cool did I say cruel that'll be krill that'll be <laughs> chill that'll be that'll be <laughs> words are hard friends well that sounds fun anything else you got going on that is it you know i'm streaming every week um neutral shepherd story is done by the way yeah that happened way quicker than i thought it would yeah um yeah i watched as you like had to fight through forces that were like way over leveled for you oh god <laughs> I, <laughs> if rough. i didn't have god mode garris with me uh-huh. At that point, yeah. I would not have been able to finish the game, but thankfully I did. And then I, well, the choice that I made in the end uh, was a virtual middle finger to everyone who had been watching me to that point, because Neutral Shepherd is presented with an option where it is impossible to be neutral Yeah. at the very end. Yeah. And he didn't even unlock synthesis, so he couldn't just walk in a straight line, which was my plan, right? Because right. it's just right. a straight line. Right. He doesn't divert left or right. <clears throat> and he gets very frustrated and he turns around and he aims at the, the, the star child thing and he fires and then the star child goes, so be it. <laughs> and then that's the end. They failed. Their cycle got wiped out. And by the way, here's um, a cache of information from Liara. Good night, everybody. <laughs> that was the nice. End. Nice. <laughs> and people were people were like, I don't know how I didn't see this coming, but that is what <laughs> I did. And the, and so the next playthrough is going to be Mass Effect randomizer mod. Nice. It randomizes yeah. the cutscenes. It randomizes the characters. It's going to be great. And so you can catch me on Twitch and Twitter at in seven, the legend. Awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. That's uh, I love randomizer mods. We talked about that before. Um, I've got my stuff going on. All the shows that I do robotsradio.net for everything on the network, my shows and a bunch of other shows as well. Uh, I've been streaming more in order to hang out with the community because I, I just I was stressing myself out, working too hard and doing a bunch of other things. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just play some games and chill and talk to people so if you'd like to come hang out i don't have a regular schedule like sam does but come hang out with me twitch.tv slash robots radio i've been playing elder scrolls online doing a lot of the story stuff the quest things there's a bunch of cool side quests all over the game trying to knock out all 2200 plus quests in the game i'm I'm at a thousand something uh so come join me for that and uh thanks for being here everybody have a wonderful rest of your weekend and a wonderful week and we will see you next time see you later 
Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.